Welcome to the Young IPA Podcast, first one back for the year. I'm excited to be here. I'm James, this is Pete. Get everyone back in the saddle, really back. pumped. Oh, that's great. Uh, it is the 16th of January, this is episode 141. Mm. That's climbing all the time. Uh, and uh, we've got a big show. Uh, we have got Caroline DeRusso, uh, she is going to be talking to us about her article in The Spectator Australia, Caroline mm. being a Spectator Australia writer, and also on Sky News a lot. And we've also got the IPA's new social media influencers, I definitely now know he likes to be called Loves and it. solely as it uh luca rossi yeah. who was the star of uh, the what i wasn't told videos hopefully everyone's seen that by now it's mm. been seen about five hundred thousand times it's like uh both of them together have been seen five hundred thousand mm. times most successful videos the ipa's ever done Check so we're going to be talking about to luca about what attracted him to the project what it's now like being a social media influencer and uh his tips for pete and i as we go towards our own stardom mm. carve out a little niche for ourselves yeah he was pretty good on that he had a lot of stuff for us to go on with uh we've also got a quiz we've got uh all this stuff coming up pete anything you're looking forward to in the show there's two things i'm looking forward to james the first is that we've got a couple of really solid heroes yeah right? really good solid heroes to yes. start the year off with uh, secondly, I love this little bit of stubble that you've got going on here. Uh, I'm so not sold on Bolt it. Bolt has become a man over the holidays, and he <laughs> no, has, let's, let's let's calm and, down with that one. And he has got a bit of uh, bit of stubble on his face. No, see, I'm not sold on it because I was staying with uh, my parents over the weekend mm. uh, at this beach house, and I left my damn razor down there. So uh, the stubble has just been as a product of necessity until they get back. Uh, but. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I like it, mate. You look very rugged. Thank <clears> you. Uh, that's definitely uh, the personality that I want to put out there and am putting out there. Anyway, uh, we should start the show with, uh, you know, the topic that like, it's one of those topics that everything that could possibly be said about this topic has already been said. It's Australian bushfires, obviously ter- uh, terrible tragedy all across mm. the nation. Uh, and it, But it's, it's now getting to the point of like, uh, everyone's got their own take on it. Everyone's talking about Australian uh, climate policy and stuff like that. Uh, is there anything you want to say about it, Pete? Uh, well, no. We're gonna, it's obviously a huge reaction to it, the good, yep. the bad and the ugly. We've seen all sorts of stuff like that, which we'll talk more about with Caroline later on. Uh, but what's interesting to me, James, is obviously the policy response Morrison announced on the weekend that he's going to, and I'll, I'll read out this quote, we're going to continue to evolve our policy in this area to reduce emissions even further, and we're going to do it without a carbon tax, without putting up electricity prices, and without shutting down traditional industries. Suzanne Harter from the Australian Conservation Foundation. What, what exactly does that mean, by the way? <laughs> Like we're well, going to reduce our emissions, but we're not going to do anything. It was pretty vague and there wasn't like a huge amount of detail in it. But yeah. I think, I think look, what, what Suzanne Harter said was she said what I saw was the Prime Minister avoiding the issue of emission reductions by focusing on adaptation and resilience. And that's the core of the debate yeah. at the centre of all the, you know, the, other, the vitriol and all the carry-on and all that, is do we te- decarbonise or do we adapt to any changes that might come our way as a result of this. Yeah, the, the idea that like, oh, we shouldn't on. focus on adaptation or resilience. It's like, mm. well, we're going to need to. Because yeah. uh, the world is warming and uh, we're going to need to adapt or, and be resilient to it. Yeah, well, exactly right. And, and, and it's not even just that. It's like the resilience and adaptation is a vastly better way of dealing with anything yes. that might happen from climate change than decarbonising the whole economy. Yeah. And then, you know, there's going to be all these calls, as there has been, calls to uh, stop mining coal and stop exporting coal. But as I've been saying on this podcast for a number of months, let's say. Yeah. Uh, 1. It's 2 years billion. Now, Pete, I'm sorry. <laughs> you are getting old. Yeah, but I'm not sure if I was making this point at the start. Anyway, 1.2 billion people without electricity is a bigger climate, a bigger crisis than climate change will ever be. Yeah, that's mine. So like, with the idea of freaking out about Australia's emissions, like, I want to cut emissions. Don't get me wrong. Cutting emissions is a good thing. Australia contributes 1.3% of man's contributions to CO2 in global emissions. Like, I'm sorry, but like, that's not a whole lot. And to say that like, it's solely the uh, Morrison government's climate policy that's led to these bushfires, it's simply not true, especially with the amount that uh, China is emitting. Like, it's 1.2% of global CO2. Especially as it uh, elected in May. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And the idea that we need to redo climate change policy, like we just need to stop exporting coal, we need to do everything like that. Like, uh, this is not the time to redo entire policies when everyone's blood's up and everyone wants to fix a crisis. Like, uh, you know, this is how we get the Patriot Act in the US because everyone goes, okay, it's a crisis, we need to do all these things and then suddenly, like, civil liberties don't exist for people at airports for, like, years. Uh, I know I'm being hyperbolic, but you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no. uh, yeah. Like, we're already the only country living up to the Paris Agreements. The US is out. The EU, no, no single country in the EU is living up to it. China doesn't even have to do anything. In- India's business as usual. Uh, to make things harder for poor people to pay their electricity bills just because you're angry like 
that it's just not the way to go about it. And like, you know, when you're so angry at someone and you like play out the argument in your head and then the next day you wake up and you're like, actually, I sound like an idiot. It's like, it's like that with carbon policies, except poor people are going to suffer. Uh, I never wake up feeling like an idiot, James. I, <laughs> that's the only way I wake up. Anyway, uh, and with the adapt- adaptability and resilience thing, like, look, I want to cut emissions. Cutting emissions is a good thing and the bushfires are definitely a bad thing and we don't want to see them. Nuclear energy is the way to go. Like I did if, put if, nuclear down. Yeah, so like if, if if you don't want to see these anymore, if you want to stop exporting coal, if you want to stop being so reliant on coal, welcome to nuclear energy because it's going to keep prices cheap and it's also really abundant and Australia has so much of it and I don't know why we don't do it. Yeah, exactly right. No, I couldn't agree more with that. All right, good. Uh, so yeah, I know that everything that has been said about it has already been said, but you know, it's, it'd be so weird if we didn't talk about bushfires in the first podcast. And back. it is going to bubble away for months and months and months. Indeed. Uh, all right, so the other thing that's uh, shocking the world at the moment. Slightly less serious. Slightly less serious. Uh, I would say not serious at all would be my uh, thing. Uh, Megxit. Uh, Meghan Markle exiting the British royal family. Yeah. I personally struggle to care. Uh, look, uh, my position has been from the start, any uh, any person that is lifting themselves off taxpayer funds and entering the workforce should be celebrated yeah. uh, and should uh, be, you know, exiled, exalted, I mean. <laughs> Uh, what are your takes? I think the most important thing out of this is listeners should jump on Brendan O'Neill's Instagram page because his meme game on this is amazing. Yes. And uh, so you should have a look at that. Uh, the other thing is, or well, the main the main central take for me is these two are climate change nuffies, right? Yeah. Like that's their thing. Yes. And I'm no... Self-described. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm no uh, constitutional scholar, James. What? But I have watched <laughs> The Crown. Yeah. And I know that the royal's meant to remain neutral. Right. So it always annoyed me when these two weighed in on political issues uh, Especially when I didn't agree with them. Yes. <laughs> so I'm happy for them to bugger off and you know live their life, live their best life. Yeah. I also think it's really brave of them to uh, to seek financial independence. Yeah. You know, that's I, saw, pretty... I, I thought you were going to go down the line of if you're so up on climate change, why are you splitting your time between Canada and the UK? Well, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could raise that point, but moving towards financial independence. Yeah. That's so very brave of you when you're the most famous person in the world. Yes, exactly. You know, my financial independence began when my mum turned my room into a pool room, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, that's a very nice pool room. <laughs> uh, that well, so like you know, Megan Markle probably not handling like Megan and Harry probably not handling this the most respectful way. If we can pay some lip service to what people are actually fired up about this, like yeah. is it being respectful? Yeah, to we the understand a lot of listeners. Do I care. understand, yes, uh, but like you know, there's stuff like I saw Piers Morgan on Sunrise like yesterday mm. going, uh, you know, Constitution, uh, like uh, you know, uh, they were going. What, what, sorry, what was he saying? Sorry, Piers Morgan, he's on the Sunday, uh, Sunrise Show. He didn't know what he was saying either. <laughs> this is basically a Piers Morgan repeat. But he goes, uh, it's, it's a bit hypocritical for them to get all the perks of being a member of the royal family if they're not prepared to come back into the UK and work for it. What work exactly are they doing is what I want to say. Well, you know. Like just a, attending school hall openings for all the money you could ever want and all the dinner parties you could ever go to. Yeah, but they do get hassled. They can't live their own life. Yeah. Like I'm on, not on record, what am I talking about? But I would not want to be a royal. I would definitely want to be a royal. Take all the money you want. Have you, you seen want. how much money they have? Yeah, but it would suck. You can't go anywhere. You can go a lot of places. <laughs> Every time, you know, there's people there's people hiding in the bushes taking photos of you. Yeah. Like more than usual, <laughs> uh, you know. So, look, I'm... I Without want wanting to make light of something, but there was another prince that seemed to be going a lot of places he shouldn't have been already, so it doesn't sound like they're too cut off oh, in yeah. places they should have Yeah, but going. it came out, didn't it? Like, he didn't get away with it. Yeah, 15 years later, and he did, nothing happened. He just had an embarrassing media interview. Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah. Look, and he did say, what's his name? Harry, I will not be bullied into playing a game that killed my mum, so I can see where he's coming from a little bit. Okay, That's fair enough. All right, uh, let us go to the Heroes and Villains segment. Uh, we're running back Run the Pig this year. <laughs> Pete, these are the people that have stood up for freedom and for liberty around the world. Go back to last week's episode if you want to hear the backstory of Grunt the Pig. But Pete, who is your hero this week? My hero this week is, now I actually wrote this down wrong, it is the Taiwanese people. Yep. For voting for, I wrote Taiwanese election, which Ah, is just a sort of an old way of saying it. Yeah, that's not a person. (laughs) On Sunday, Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen, leader of the Democratic Progressive Party, won the Taiwanese election. She was already president, but she got voted in again. She got 57.1% of the vote, which is the largest backing given to a single party since Taiwanese presidential elections began, James, in 1996. The other side, the Kuomintang, took 38% of the vote. Now, they are the pro-Beijing party. The China factor is big in this one, James, in terms of the election. Uh, Tsai Ing-wen almost resigned in 2018 because she was so unpopular. But then once the thing in Hong Kong started, her popularity absolutely surged. And she played on that, you know, as a politician does. And she's like the pro-democracy candidate. And the fact that it was the highest vote ever is fantastic. Now, 
She also had, during this period, an amazing election ad. Uh, it is in Mandarin, but it's so good. We're going to play a few seconds of it anyway. So why don't you run the tape on this? So for those who are listening and don't know Mandarin, which is probably a few of you, that those words meant, why do we deserve democracy and freedom? Please take another look at our children. The answer is in their eyes. Google that ad and you will have a look and it goes for like two or three minutes and it's awesome. So there is a big link between this and the Hong Kong protests. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yes. That's the key factor. All right, cool. Uh, so over to my hero of the week. Uh, so similar foreign policy yep. and people standing up to uh, oppressive regimes around the world. That's what people tune in for, mate. Uh, so... In Iran, there are all these protests as a result of the bombing of Iraq slash the bombing of that airplane that uh, was shot out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Iran originally tried to say that it was America's fault, and I saw a few people in America go like, well, if Trump hadn't killed the guy, then this never would have happened, which is an outrageous take. But anyway, uh, so doesn't seem to have cut through to the Iranian people. There have been protests, which is insane because well not insane but like so brave because the iranian government not last year was shooting protesters in the streets where people are back out there right now Mm -hmm. protesting the government and it's really important it's incredible to see but like this one clip i really thought i was just like i was blown away was what appears to be like uh, the story goes and it's hard to verify all this but the story goes like there was a protest the government laid down the american flag and the israeli flag so that they could then film it and say look at these protesters stamping over these flags Mm -hmm. now uh i think we can play the clip now and for people listening at home uh the protesters form lines around the flag so that no one steps on it. I think we got the clip. Yep. So oh, yeah. So for people that couldn't see, uh, the booing was a result of someone walking across the American flag. So not only are people going out of their way to avoid stepping on the American flag, stepping on the Israeli flag, they're booing, actively booing people that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And you just think like the stuff that we get told about what the Middle East's views are on the US and on Israel, to then see that, you just go, this is something completely new. Exactly right. And as you can see, apparently those people walking across the flag were regime people. Right. So they paid, you know... Just trying to get people... Yeah, trying trying to get get it started. Yeah, it was just like, ah, we just need the first person to take the cannonball into the pool and then everyone will be in there. Exactly right. But so very strong start for the Iranians. They won it last year and they're back. Indeed. All right. Uh, Let's go over to the uh, villain segment. Uh, So, Pete, who was your villain of the week? So, James, I've got an admission to make. Okay. I forgot to do the notes for my villain. All right. Uh, (laughs) Let me help Pete out. Uh, So, Pete's villain this week. Oh, you've actually got the image. (laughs) Pete's villain this week was uh, Peter. So, Pete, take it from here. Mate, this guy. My villain this week might be Peter, but (laughs) I'll stick to my original. I like to whinge about Bolt, but every now and then he just does something like this. Congratulations, James. Mm -hmm. My villain is Peter, the... What's that stand for? Uh, people for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Yeah, it's two for two. Two for two. So, do you want me to do the show? You could just go sit in the I corner would, with a juice box. I would absolutely love that. Uh, no, so they put out a tweet on National Milk Day, which was this week, and it said dairy products are gross. It's up on the screen for those watching. And in though in that tweet, in that image, it included yogurt, sour cream, cheese, butter, and cream cheese. Peter, those items are not gross. <laughs> you can talk how you want about the, you know, Treatment of animals and all that stuff, those things are not gross and you are not going to win by trying to claim that sour cream is gross. Uh, the other part is, if we can get the image back up here, like not only are they uh, denigrating the uh, good name of five products or mm. like, well, four good products and then yogurt, but <laughs> like all of them are in like their state of unrefrigerated disarray. Like yeah. the butter is melting, the cheese is stinky, the sour cream is overrunning. Like did the social media person to Peter just out themselves as someone that's never owned a fridge? Yeah. Like uh, how would you ever have that sort of uh, cognitive like – a uh, link between, well, the only cheese I've ever seen stinks and the only butter I've ever seen is melted. Therefore, yeah. why do people have them? It's like, well, because we have fridges, dude. Well, and you know what it is? It's cherry picking. It's cherry picking. You're taking butter in that state and not it's, in its more common state. All right, uh, for people that aren't uh, around Pete 24-7, cherry picking has been Pete's word of the year. What do you think? He's accused five people of it a day. He loves it. Uh, get used to hearing it. All yeah. right. Uh, my uh, villain of the week is this guy, Timothy Burke, on Twitter. He's like this social media PR oh, guy. Oh, this is good. Uh, now, it, yesterday, or Tuesday rather, was uh, the College Football National Championship, the biggest day in college uh, football in 
the United States. Who won? Uh, LSU won by 17. Cool. Go Coach O. Um, go Tigers. And uh, so Vince Vaughn was also there. He's a big college football guy, big fan of LSU, the winning team. And Timothy Burke uh, happened to find a video from the event and tweeted out, I'm very sorry to have to share this video with you, all of it, every part of it. So let's see what uh, disturbed him so much. And again, for people at home, this is the terrifying image of Vince Vaughn and President Trump having a polite and pleasant conversation. <laughs> what are they talking about? We should have put a trigger warning on this one. Because that... Uh, uh, they're oh, definitely talking hands. about old school. And now they're shaking hands. So, uh, Timothy, like, this is a bad look for Timothy. Like, if, if that is something that you are so sorry to... You still do it, but you're so sorry to have to share it with everyone, uh, all of it, every part of it. Like, what, what's the alternative? Like, mm. every... Uh, it's like the idea, like the idea that every form of communication should just either be nodding or outright screaming at the other person. Like you can only that is the only form of communication you can have. Oh, exactly right. It's like Alan and uh, George Bush last exactly. year. What is it with football games and putting up these situations <laughs> and uniting common enemies? But anyway, like if you want Trump, this is how you get Trump. Yeah. If, if this is the world that you want to put forward to people, is like how can we possibly have two people having a polite conversation? One of them's a the president. Mm. No one's going to vote for you ever. Exactly right. And the other thing about this is we need to get Vince Vaughn on the program because he's a conservative. Uh, libertarian. But yes, uh, we do need to do that. All right. Uh, now let us go to uh, support of Rand Paul. Uh, let's go to our interview with Caroline DeRusso. Okay, we now welcome on to the show for the first time Caroline DeRusso, uh, Sky News contributor, Spectator Australia contributor. Mm-hmm. Caroline, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How are you going? Uh, awesome. So we wanted to talk to you about your article in The Spectator Australia yesterday. So, Caroline, 59,000 people have signed a petition to sue the government for inaction on climate change. Now, uh, yep. as a uh, commercial litigator, someone with familiarity with the law, is it going to work? <laughs> oh, not in Australia. It's it's going to be very, very difficult in Australia. There's there's a whole, a whole raft of issues. Um, in short, probably not. Um, there, there could be some potential pathway in the future, but as things stand, I can't see, I can't see how it's going to work. Can't see it. Uh, so, uh, Pete and I were brainstorming because we like mm. the idea of suing the government to uh, go after things that we, ca- uh, you know, want to see change in the world. Uh, I know sure. you say like maybe it's just like the suing the government won't get up, but what if we sue the government because jaywalking is still a crime? Would that work? <laughs> so you want to be able to sue the government for the things that you want to be able to sue for, but not necessarily what other people want to be able to sue for? Yes. That's correctly right. That is 100% yeah. the way um, we want to go about it. Look, you, you're, you're probably going to suffer the same difficulty uh, as your friends with the change org um, petition. Okay, so not, not carrying a beer down the street, that's not going to work either. Oh, yeah, no, no, you won't be able to do that. Oh, there's, there's no warning. one you can sue to do that. That's already prohibited, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right, well, we'll keep going. But uh, to the petition itself, like I'm not against young people taking an interest in politics or trying to mobilise sure. uh, their friends and family about it. But, uh, you know, suing the federal government, uh, all this stuff about like, you know, Andrew Forrest is a parasite because he's only oh. donating $70 million when he's worth so much more. Yeah. There's like, uh, you know, there's this tragedy of the bushfires that everyone wants to pitch in and help out but there's like this like point scoring and name calling about it that's sort of diminishing and getting a little bit toxic out there yeah it is and it's really unfortunate because it 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 is a national tragedy and you know the people have um people have died and and a lot of property um has been destroyed a lot of a lot of wildlife has been uh, killed in the process but everyone seems to be yelling into the wind and no one seems to be talking to each other so it's that whole you know listening because you want to respond not because you're actually hearing what the other person is saying and and so there's arguments on both sides and there's there's obviously a fair bit of of middle ground but no one's taking the middle ground. Now, Carol- Everyone is like, it's either the, you know, don't believe in climate change at all and it's only to do with forest management and forest management is a huge part of it. 
But then there's the other side, which is, you know, it's only climate change and the only way we can fix this is by wearing overalls and eating sawdust. <laughs> now, Caroline, we're, the reason we're speaking to you this morning is because of a piece you wrote in The Spectator about the petition. You also wrote a piece in The Spectator where you mentioned that fragile, where you write about uh, an article written in the ABC, which was that fragile masculinity is the, only obst- is the biggest obstacle to climate action. Now, where did that come from? And is aggressive masculinity the best path forward? Oh, look, uh, I remember waking up in the morning and seeing that someone had shared it on Twitter. And it's it's the whole thing where you read something all the way to the bottom and you still don't understand how you can possibly get from point A to point B. The, The argument is so tenuous, but it's basically that because men have this fragile masculinity and so they have to drive fast cars and eat meat to feel like properly masculine, that those things are going to be like, we're the end of the planet and we're all going to die. Um, and obviously that's absolute rubbish. So I, I felt the need to go to town on them for that one because that was just, that was peak stupidity. It was so silly. Uh, I actually was able to figure out how we got from point A to point B on that <laughs> article because when you get to the bottom, it says that the author is a professor of gender and war. And I was like, oh, so that's how we got yeah. here. Right. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, which the conjunctive there is completely irrelevant. It's not gender and war. She's a professional in gender war. Oh, gender war. I thought it was gender and war. I was like, okay, that's a weird well, intersection. It is but... gender and war. I'm just saying that oh, the yeah, conjunctive right. is irrelevant. Yes, yeah, you don't need the and. Uh, there's also no, like um, the uh, another one that I want to talk about is uh, the brand Tiffany's, uh, like the jewellery brand. Everyone knows what Tiffany's is. But uh, Tiffany's uh, yeah, yeah. calling it for, for bold and decisive climate action in a full-page ad in a paper and said, you know, we stand with Australia. Uh, you, you said this was a mother load of hypocrisy. Like, does anyone want to tell Tiffany's where diamonds come from? Yeah, and then, correct, they're mined, precious precious metals are mined. There is no mining process on the planet that is carbon neutral or, I mean, if, if mining in general wasn't an issue, why do we have so much regulation around it? Why there's so much need for environmental approvals? Okay, I know coal mining is, you know, is the great evil at the moment, but every type of mining has really strict environmental approvals around it because none of it really is, um, none of it's carbon neutral. So so for, for Tiffany's to come out and say, you know, climate change is an issue when their entire business is founded upon mining of some sort of mineral or gemstone or otherwise was just so completely just so completely hypocritical. I, I actually was shocked and I don't know who in their PR department, like does someone not tap someone on the shoulder and just go, maybe we should think about this a little harder before we go and put out a statement like that? Yeah, it's like uh, all the money that you spend putting out like this uh, full page ad where the only point seems to be to increase a company's PR, like you didn't want to donate right. that to the bushfires and just, you know, not mention it. Maybe, yeah. maybe that would be the really decent, non-self-indulgent thing to do. All right. Another one that you've mentioned, Caroline, is uh, Siemens, who announced during this week that they would not be able to pressure and would make good on its contract with Adani. Now, you said that activists who complained about this should be given participation ribbons. How come? <laughs> you've had a good look through my Twitter this week. That's um, right. Look, look. there's a contract on foot, okay? Contracts need to be performed. Once you sign a contract, one party's saying they'll do one thing, another party's saying we're going to pay you to do that thing. You can't just go, oh, I don't feel like it anymore because I want to save the planet and feelings and whatnot. So, look, the the activists got got really antsy about that this week. Um, and look, the, the participation ribbon thing is just you know a hark back to their really their own kind of principles where you know points for effort. You're not going to win this one, but thanks for trying. Uh, we had one uh, one more question for you. Now you are a commercial litigator by trade. Yeah. Uh, now we know that lawyers yeah. are notorious lefties. Uh, how do your yeah. colleagues take your red hot freedom takes on Twitter and the Spectator, and now the Young RPA podcast uh, on a regular basis? Well, I, I have the luxury of being a consultant, so I really get to work with who I want to work with. I, I'm not really employed as such anymore. Um, I, I do cop a little bit. 
I do cop a little bit of stick, but, you know, you'd be surprised how many people actually agree with you um, and they just tell you that very quietly. They're just not particularly public about it. That's exactly right. We find that all the time, actually. And uh, We had a chat with Dave Rubin uh, last year and he said he encourages more people to speak up because when you do, you're always surprised by how many people agree with you. Now, we have got one more question for you, Caroline. We did uh, speak earlier in the show about Megxit. Do you have any take on that? What's your opinion there? Oh, look, <laughs> I, I have no particular difficulty if... Um, if Harry and Meghan want to not be senior royals and don't want the duties of, of being senior royals, that's fine. But then you don't get the perks of being a senior royal. You don't get to ride on the coattails. You don't get to, you know, trademark Sussex royal. And and if you're going to do something like that, you know, there's a way that you do things. And telling the Queen 10 minutes before you're going to issue a statement is not really the way to do things. You know, that there should have been done in private. There should have been all the discussions done beforehand. And you do these things properly because not only is she your grandmother, as he said before, she's your boss. So why would you, like, I just don't understand the the why they went about it the way they did i just think it's i think it's incredibly disrespectful considering the the royals have already had a you know tough 12 months or so you think you go easy on your grandma yeah i also liked like it's come out this morning that uh megan wasn't even she didn't even dial into the meeting with the queen like i just like look it's all in the press release like there's nothing more i have to say just check back with the press release imagine what i'd say around that yeah Gemma Tognini wrote a great piece about this in um, in the Sunday Times, I think it was, in, in Western Australia about, you know, exiting gracefully. And um, there's some great gags in there, so you should have a read. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Caroline, thank you so much for joining us on the show. No worries. Anytime, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Caroline. Okay, we now welcome back on to the show uh, IPA Campus Coordinator and our social media influencer, I'm mm. going to say, just about on the back of that. Definitely. Luca Rossi, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Now, Luca, uh, you are the star of the IPA's new series, What I Wasn't Told. We've had two videos come out over the Christmas break. They're now over 500,000 views in total. They're going nuts. Half they? a million. Half a million, indeed. Uh, the I think now one and two most successful videos the IPA's ever produced. Uh, I could be wrong about that, uh, but I don't think I am. Uh, so, first off, what what is it like being a star? Look, I'm not going to go around saying I'm a star. Yeah, I'm just in the video, just just talking the facts. You know? Yeah, I, I think like uh, for people that haven't seen it, I mean, obviously it's on our YouTube channels, it's on our website. Go and see it. Uh, this is like a flavor. My name's Luca Rossi, and this is what I wasn't told about climate change. I wasn't told that since the 1950s. Polar bear numbers have increased by around 400%. Yeah, so basically, like, that's a flavour. It's like all these facts and figures of uh, that people aren't being taught in school and they really need to know. I wrote uh, it. So, yeah, Peter Gregory wrote it. <laughs> Most of it. That's from the mind of Peter Gregory and from the mouth of Luca Rossi. Uh, but you did collaborate on it a lot. Uh, so, yeah, so no major changes of you now that you're a big star? No, not really. Just same old, same old. Same old, same have old. Have you been recognised in the street humble. Luca? No, thankfully. <laughs> Has, has it like you know helped your social capital amongst your friends? No. Any no. any ladies? No. <laughs> That's why we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we started filming it, so that you know ruined that. All right, I think you're just being humble. I think five hundred thousand views is going to definitely increase uh, the world around you. People are surely following you on the streets, mm. uh, holding you up of lofts. Uh, uh, parades left, right, and centre. Uh, how can Pete and I become stars? Because you are a star. I know you want to say that you're not, but you are a star. Pete and I interested in becoming stars. Uh, what 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 advice would you have for us? Seriously. Um, well, I be very specific. Be very, yeah, very I'm going to write okay. this down. Gonna, <laughs> so, all right. What you do first one. is you stand in front of the camera exactly two meters away from. I ah, see. That's, that's our what problem. You do. Yeah, that's see? our problem. We've been yeah. on the one meter. Away. <laughs> exactly. You're doing the one meter. Away. Nah. Look, it's just if you just you know say say what the truth is. People kind of respond. That's, yeah, that's about the it. The really. truth. Yeah, the truth. All right, I'll write that down. That so is an innovative. Way. I'm not saying you haven't been saying the truth. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll look that up later. Uh, all right, so, but Luca, like, uh, what I wasn't told about Donald Trump, what I wasn't told about climate change, uh, what attracted you to these projects initially? Um, just, just the idea of putting facts out there, really, just in a in a sort of accessible format, you know, rather than scrolling through articles and stuff. It's like, well, you know, it's compiled now. Here it is in kind of short form. Check it out. 
Yeah. Very cool. Now, you've come on the podcast before yes. and you've given us your backstory a little bit, but a few people might be listening for the first time. So why don't you tell us a little shortened version of your backstory, how you came to be a Liberty Warrior person. <laughs> Social media influencer. No, <laughs> influencer. Liberty We're not warrior. going there. Yeah. We're not going there. Um, no, so it was just my parents joined the IPA and they were like, hey, you should check it out. And then turns out there was a Generation Liberty Arm and joined that and then just kind of, you know, talk to people, kind of get involved and then slowly, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, like you know, expanding it away from yeah. the IPA and Generation yeah, Liberty, yeah. like just basically like where did the ideas of freedom, like why, why are they oh, so Oh, yeah. So that was, that was, yeah, that was all family because they're immigrants and immigrants generally have a, um, because they come from a place that's not as free, coming to a place like Australia, which is free, is just, you know, you, you need to protect that. And they understand because they've lived through what it's like not to be free or their parents have. Um, being free is just that much more important. And when it comes to defending that, it's, yeah, it's the most important thing out there. Now, last time you were on, you told us a story about how someone who supported Donald Trump was screamed at in one of your university classes. <laughs> Have you shown that person what I wasn't told about Donald Trump? I, I, I can't say I've gone around looking for that person um, to, to show the video. You probably to. could be able to find them. You just need to keep yelling out Donald Trump and eventually, <laughs> yeah. like, it's I'll like. Just, a, up. Yeah. just go to every arts lecture. Yeah, it's like a sonar be. signal. You just keep yelling Donald <laughs> Trump and eventually it'll bounce back onto you and then you'll be all right, that's where they are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Just do we'll that. try it out. We'll try <laughs> yeah. it out. We'll try it out. All right. Uh, now, Pete, I understand uh, you've been... So, Luca, uh, you haven't been checking the comments too much on the videos, but I see. I know Pete has, so we're just going to run through some of the feedback and we'll just discuss it. There's it's a lot all of, good. There's it's all a good. lot of comments and they are... I wouldn't say they're all good, but they're overwhelmingly positive. There's the odd one in there. I want to run through a few of them with you and see what you reckon. No peeking, Luca. <laughs> now, from PP312... Whoever that is. And 311 PPs got there before him. That's exactly right. Who would have thought that? Slow off the mark. Now, wasn't Luca Rossi, this is what he said, or she, wasn't Luca Rossi killed in The Godfather? Now, were you killed in The Godfather? Were you killed in The Godfather? No, that's Luca Brasi. That's the one. I was thinking oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's a different he one. He sleeps with I'm the fishes. Yeah, that's no, the line. Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Is, is that the one? Oh, yeah. Trust me. I've seen this movie more than once. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. Oh, Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen parts of it. I actually found it a bit boring because it was just, you know, a bit slowly. Okay. But I didn't I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what else? Tell about the Godfather. That's what the next one could yeah. be. Uh, so, PP312, get your facts straight, mate, because uh, new, it wasn't Luca. Walter Webb, Greta needs to go on a date with that kid. Preferably not. <laughs> hey, look, you know, you can find love in mysterious mysterious circumstances yeah. sometimes. You wouldn't, you're not open to that? Sometimes a bit no. of attention can be good for, for people who are listening and not watching, <laughs> the naked fear in Luca's eyes and the mere prospect of going on a date with Greta Because we've got Greta here, so yeah. no, just <laughs> kidding. Sorry, we'll get her out of here. Uh, D Realist wrote, this kid, now this is probably the best one, this kid is bang on target to be our Prime Minister. Oh, no. Do you have political aspirations, Luca? Oh, no, I am not getting involved in that rat race. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to tell you this, Luca. <laughs> you have been seen half a million times. Uh, <laughs> so, no, so that's a no for political aspirations. That is a definite no. Really? Yeah. What are your aspirations, Luca? I feel like we should have had this chat already. But what are my aspirations? You know, at, at this stage, finish university. Be a social media influencer. No. Yeah. Get get my degree. Um, go and into the workforce somehow. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. keep saying this. I enjoy <laughs> how much it makes you uncomfortable. So he's just got basic goals <laughs> like finish uni. All right. Now yeah. uh, I'm uh, like uh, another thing about this process that Pete alluded to before mm. was that uh, Pete is the scriptwriter extraordinaire. Oh, one of the scriptwriters. One of the scriptwriter extraordinaires. Renee Theodora. A lot John of people Roscoe. at the IPA. John Roskin put some input in as well. No, Luca put some input in as well. Yeah, uh, but. Luca and I now have the uh, singular pleasure that is working very closely with Peter Gregory. So I thought we should compare notes. So I'll start off with an easy go. one. What's your least favourite thing about oh, Pete? Oh, no, that's... Because it took me a while. That's going to be a hard one. Yeah, it's that's hard pretty, to whittle down the list. Pretty difficult. Ooh. I've got least a top 200. To get it down to one, that's beyond me. No, Pete is absolute joy to work with. Oh, uh, but what... Is it? What was it like working with Peter? You put me on the spot. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know if I can pick. All right, I'll throw it around. Peter, what was it like working with Luca? Hmm. Uh, working with Luca was great. Yeah, the only thing what you told me, I didn't realize. Before he walked in. That's weird. <laughs> the only thing I didn't realize about Luca was that it actually takes about an hour and a half to get here. Oh and I'd yeah. bring him in to do like one minute changes, and then <laughs> that's all right. He loved it. Yeah. We'll pay him. See you, dude. We are paying Luca. Just in case anyone was wondering. All right. Uh, last thing we got for you. So I'm not a member of the uh, what I wasn't told team. Like mm. I don't. I'm not privy to the conversations you're having. But mm. I thought. It would be good. So I don't know what's coming. Like I know we got a fair few more down the line that you are going to come out. So stick around. But Work I don't has know. Start on the next one. Oof. Now Oof. that that's An a spicy. Has people. been written. News has broken. <laughs> 
But the point is, I don't know what the topics are. I uh, have no way of knowing what the discussions are going to be. So I thought I'd just pitch you guys some of the videos that I'd like to see and uh, we could wheel off that. So we had what uh, what I wasn't told about climate change that's really good. Mm-hmm. I know that something very uh, close to Peter and I's heart is nuclear energy. So is there any prospect of a, what I wasn't told about nuclear energy? What do you think about that, Luca? Well, well that'd be pretty interesting. Yep. I think it would. All right. It's, that is Write potentially, that maybe, yeah. not confirming, maybe right. in the list of like 50 that we've got. Interesting. All right. Uh, so with what I wasn't told about Donald Trump, we're just taking like a view of an international leader mm-hmm. and sort of just discussing the story behind the leader. Uh, I just thought, uh, is there one about what I wasn't told about Estonian President Kirsty Kaljuad? That's very specific. Uh, yeah. Oh, just I, no one knows a lot, a lot about her. Look. I, I don't know anything about her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, not no. sure if that's how you pronounce her name, but uh, I would like to know more about it. What I wasn't told about Estonian President Kirsty Kaljuad. Well, we'll add that to the list as well. Add that to the list? But we're, oh, I can't guarantee we're going to do it. All right. Another thing that's really close to uh, my heart that I want to get out there, what I wasn't told about James Bolt's good looks. I just feel we need to hit that. We need the public to know about it. I wasn't told there it. wasn't. I'm joking. Oh, there yeah, we go. All right. I see. I see how <laughs> it is. Not... Social media influencer. <laughs> I don't know if we could fit that into three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, we, let's put that in there as well. All right. Sweet. Uh, cool. Uh, Luca, the social media influencer extraordinaire. Uh, the man of the people and for the people. Uh, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me again. Cool. On you, mate. Great stuff. All right. We are back for the first quiz of the year, the Young IPA Podcast Quiz. The crown is vacant. There are no holders of the crown at the moment, so I'll hold it uh, in its stead because God knows I don't get to hold this crown enough. Uh, so we've got three contestants for the new year. We have, as always, Peter Gregory, the illustrious Peter Gregory. Thank you very much. Uh, we have Renee Gorman, the head of our Generation Liberty Campus Coordinators, all of that. Thank you for having me on. And Gideon Rosen, Director of Policy, as always. Great to be here. Looking forward to winning that crown uh, for the first time in 2020. All right. So that's what you're playing for uh, and my unending respect. Mm. So, uh, all right. So we'll start off. Uh, we've got nine questions. If you first quiz, nine questions. One point on for correct answers. One point off for incorrect answers. And then a who am I at the end. Uh, and I am always brilliant at keeping a track of the score. It's one of my many, many, many uh, qualities. All right, so question one. What year... So we're all talking about Megxit at the moment, mm-hmm. what that's going to mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you remember that last time this came up, Edward VIII abdicated the throne to marry the American Wallace Simpson. What year was that? Oh. Renee. Renee. 1930... 35 or 36. I'll go with 36. And you'd be right. All right. Oh. Oh. Thank you, the crown. Yeah, I've been working on my Eddie Maguire pause uh, when you get the question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Is Bolt having a seizure or something? <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Uh, thank you. All right. Uh, so yeah, you've got, you got, you got to do it correctly. You have to start the sentence as if they've got the wrong answer. So yeah. it's more of a case of, I'm sorry, you've just won. Yeah. <laughs> no. You've just got to go, look, now you came here with nothing. <laughs> And you're walking away yeah. with also nothing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right, sorry, back on track. Uh, according to our new video, What I Wasn't Told About Donald Trump, oh, hopefully yeah. you've seen this by now, 500,000 views for the two of them put together. What I Wasn't Told About Donald Trump, African-American unemployment is the lowest on record in the US. What's the question? Is it the percentage that it's at? Because I think it's at 5% unemployment for um, African-Americans. Peter. Renee raises a good point. In the video, we say 5.5, but it has been you updated the since then. the damn video. This is so unfair. <laughs> it has been updated since then, and at one point, it got down to 5.4. <laughs> okay, well, I said according Thank to the new pre- video, Professor so 5.5%. Uh, the question was, what percentage is it at? All right, so switching over to the other video, what I wasn't told about climate change, oh. how much percentage-wise have polar bear numbers increased since the 1950s? Renee. Renee. For, uh, 300%. Oh. Uh. Rufer. That is incorct. It's 400%? <laughs> uh, it's 400%. God damn it. It's 400%. All right. <laughs> so say, polar bears. Peter I was Gregory. Say 400%. Well, you didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> you came in here with everything and you've left with nothing. No. Uh, so, score check. Peter is on two. Renee is on zero. Gideon on zero. Uh, Oscar nominations came out this morning. Parasite is the first oh. film to be nominated for Best Picture from which country? Renee. Renee. Absolutely no idea. Uh, Korea. It's uh, South Korea. It is correct. Oh, so it would be from North Korea, would yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You never know with Hollywood, eh? <laughs> yeah. which one. Not exactly known for their entertainment industry over there. All right, and I'll point out that now Renee is on zero because I actually forgot to give her a minus two for the 300. So now, all square on zero. Uh, <laughs> I'm back on fire with keeping track. Minus so one for the... Minus one, and she got a minus one again, but she got two right. He's giving me minus one for the 5%, not 5.5% as well. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm on top. I'm on top of things. Uh, All right. So how many times has Ricky Gervais hosted the Golden Globes? 
I want to say five. Yeah, and you'd be correct. Uh-huh. It is five. Do you know what I'm thinking for the Golden Globes next year? Yep. Gideon Rosner. Gideon Rosner. <laughs> that would be fantastic. You and me. Yeah, me. <laughs> you're, 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 you're all the controversy with none of the with none of the humour. Just me slagging off celebrities <laughs> hey, for that's, that's, five hours. That's electric television oh, for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, according to I IPA, should host the Logies. Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah, it's yeah, so. yeah do, do it locally. Yeah, you got to just uh, do it in a competition that no one watches, and then you yeah. can graduate if yeah. you go well on the Golden Globes. Let's do it. All right. Start uh, a hashtag. According to IPA polling, what percentage of Australians think that Australia has too much red tape? This is a poll uh, we came out with in a release, I think, like two days ago. Roof, roof. Roof, roof. 100%. Should be 100%. Gideon, that's an outrage. I want to say 60%. Uh, let's go closest to, yep. which is the way of saying that that's not right. Why <laughs> wasn't it closer to when I was so close? What? Because other people got it right. Because I'm a misogynist. It's a misogyny problem. All right, so what is it, Renee? Uh, uh, 51%. All right, Gideon was closest. Uh-huh. It's 58%. Oh. All right, uh, uh, I, was got, I was pretty close on 60. I mean, you, you were very really. close. 42% of but Australians need to pull there. closest without going over, like, Price is Right rules? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Can I just reinvent the rules of the quiz when you're on it? Say, oh, I'll just see him. <laughs> All right. Uh, how old was Roger Scruton when he passed this week? Yeah. Oh. Can we do closest for this? <laughs> mm. Roof, roof. Roof, roof. Uh, 75. That is correct. <laughs> I was going to give you closest, but we're not going to get closer than correct. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Sorry. Uh, score check. Pete's on three. Renee's yes. on zero. Gideon's on two. Gideon Ooh. coming for it. Oh, uh, what about yeah. my point for Korea? You're going down. Oh, oh, yeah. No, that was to get you back to zero. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just wanted to give him the dunce hat. Still on top of it. I, You'll I, get your definitely, I am days. definitely wrong about, about this. I'm definitely 100% wrong about this. Uh. But this continues if I'm not. Uh, name three of the stars of the hit, runaway hit, uh, well-received movie Cats. Gideon. Gideon. Absolutely no idea. Who's the fat pussy that uh, Gervais made fun of? Um, That's what his words, not mine. What was the the guy's name? I was about to say a million different things. Glad I didn't. Um, Oh, James Corden, that fat bloke who comes on TV late at night. Um, (laughs) We're one down. It can be simply disparaging about everyone else. Renee. 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 Rebel Wilson. Yep. And then um, Taylor Swift. That is three. All right. Renee gets a steal. Uh... All right, uh, last question before the who am I. Who is the current leader of the UK Labour Party? Gideon. Gideon. Oh. Jeremy Corbyn. It is still Jeremy oh. Corbyn. And that may is bizarre. it be forever. May it be forever. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I hope he's leader forever because then they'll never win. <laughs> oh, they'll yeah. soon put somebody worse in. I don't know. Surely he's just going to walk as soon as he... Well, yeah, you'd think so, no, but he's still there until April. He stayed, he stayed on to manage the transition. <laughs> oh, he, wants transition. To, he wants to sl- make sure that his successor is as unpopular yeah. and socialist as he is. What's so the earliest like... that you would get to work, Pete, <laughs> if you were Jeremy Corbyn? The earliest? The earliest you would oh, get to work. Midday. Roll in. Roll in. I'd, I'd, I'd work <laughs> from, from home. Duck. Yeah, you'd work from home. In front of the Blow off parliament and sit at home all day on Twitter. That, that's the one. All right, so who am I? Score check. Pete's on three. Gideon's on three. Renee's on one. Anyone Ooh, can win it. Pretty close. Uh, five points. I was born 91 years ago on Wednesday. Can we ask questions? No. There might yeah, be first time. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Uh, all right, so for four points, I became a Baptist minister at age 18. Ooh, do you lose points? Well, No. What? Oh, no, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> it's my first question. Okay, I've got. I'm not going to do it yet because right. I don't want to lose points. But it's a four points. Only one year old Baptist minister. Okay. I'm trying to narrow it down. I know plenty of people who admit that description, but. Uh, uh, yeah. Half your contact list. You're <laughs> trying to figure out which one it is. All right, so three points. Uh, my first major moment of activism came at the Montgomery bus boycott in 1955. Oh, Gideon. Gideon. Martin Luther King. That is correct. Uh-huh. Gideon's got it. First. Quiz of the year. Gideon <laughs> is champion. He's celebrating. He's now wearing the crown. Great coronation. Looks good on him. Give us Martin Luther King's speech. Oh, no, no, no. That would be cultural appropriation. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Definitely we're, not we're, do that. We're a sensitive podcast. All right, cool. We've got more show for you coming up after this. Cool. All right, uh, we now are going to run through some stories that made us laugh this week, Pete. Uh, d- how does it feel to not get the st- the win at the start of the year? Gideon's pretty good. You know, Renee's pretty good. I was happy just to compete and uh, hopefully get him next week. It's a loser talk. That is pure... Like, well... <laughs> the losing players at the grand final giving the saddest press conference of their lives. Just well, happy to be here. Well, what do you want from me, mate? Like, Fire up. Know? Just a bit of life, a bit of energy. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll win, yeah. next, I'll win next week. There it is. I promise. There it is. I'll game the system in your favour. No, uh, that's uh, not legally blinding. Uh, all right, so let us fly through some stories that made us laugh this week. Uh, Pete, why don't you start us off? Well, yeah, I did want to raise something with you because I know that you are a big fan of this woman. Marianne Williamson Correct. has pulled out of the Democratic presidential nominee race. Yes, this is uh, not something that made me laugh this week. 
This is something made me very sad. This is, we should have put this in the series part. I of swear show. she's already withdrawn. Am I wrong? She sounds like I, I, in my head she's already withdrawn. At one point, well, look, it she was polling zero for a while. Was, I think we talked about it when she was polling zero. Yeah. Anyway, this is the woman who said to Trump, "I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and Sir Love will win." Yep. It did not win. Um, well, not yet. Her polling never got above single digits. Maybe someone's going to co-opt that policy, James. <laughs> How do you feel? Look, I weep for the memes that we never got to see, but I cheer for the ones we did. We saw a lot. We saw a lot of memes. It was a good run while it lasted. Mm. We'll always have those special moments, but uh, we now need to move on. And, um, you know, the Democratic Party, they're not losing any of the comedic stakes. Uh, There's now been three days of debate on whether or not uh, Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren it wouldn't, a woman will never be president, which is 100% the message the Democrats want to be putting out there of just like, yep, this is, this is where we're at. Yeah. This, is, this is where we're at. <laughs> that is extraordinary. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I mean, we had, we had oh, some I've good got some memes. memes for you then. <laughs> we did have some good memes while they were there. So All let's right. just be thankful for the good times. Uh, I got another one here. So this ad came, is uh, reported on Wednesday on one of the great websites, Reason. Uh, in New Jersey, there's this organisation called VapeFactsNJ.com. Uh, which is uh, also the partnership for a drug-free New Jersey incorporate. Like it's basically this think tank that's very working very closely with the government to just freak out about the nanny state. Anyway, this ad <laughs> says vaping is as safe as skydiving without a parachute, which is incredible. I don't think that's factually true. I no, it's not, Pete. Unless you're skydiving uh, a meter, <laughs> taking a hit from a vape. Uh, you know, if you're apparently like you know, it's fine unless you're in a enclosed uh, room for. 12 hours a day vaping the whole time mm. on black market objects like that's when people die mm. it's not the 100% chance of death if you jump out of a plane without a parachute while skydiving absolutely not 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 as safe as not smoking but safer than smoking mm. so think about that mm. and we spoke a lot about on this program with a lot of different people so yeah there, there you go well i so we thought we'd take the chance because apparently vape facts nj or the partnership for drug free new jersey uh they're just running with anything they come up with uh did you have a poster of yours that you wanted to see i did i know i spoke to caroline about how i wanted to be able to we should we should what was the word petition the government about how we should be able to drink beers walking down the street yep i think mine was also drinking just to give people an idea of where this podcast is at and there's more drinking to come <laughs> in this show so there you go anyway poster walking with a beer is like walking in the desert Oh, actually, muck that up. Let me start that again. Walking with a beer is like walking on a landmine. You just don't know when it's going to go off. Make that yeah. think tank in New Jersey. Uh, too bad Princess Diana's not here to spearhead that one. Uh, I've got uh, binge drinking as safe as having information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. That's, that's, good. My, that's my post. Though. That's what they should that's go with. That's what they should go with. That would, that would definitely make a difference. All right. Uh, now, speaking of more drinking, Pete, one, my one this, this, one's, this one's closer to your heart. Uh, let's talk about well, it. Well, I'm putting this down as a po- policy win for us. This is a massive policy This is policy something we've campaigned for, for a while. This is Yipper Impact right here. Yeah, Impact. We, we, uh, we interviewed uh, Jackie Munro from Sydney who talked about the lockout laws up there. Now, patrons in Sydney, the lockout laws on during the week mm-hmm. on Tuesday were lifted. Patrons can enter licensed venues in the CBD and Oxford Street after 1.30am. Oh, you're so hardcore, Sydney. Uh, restrictions, <laughs> just kidding. That's I, I love goes out. <laughs> I love Sydney. Uh, restrictions on serving cocktail shots and drinks in glasses after midnight are gone and venues with good records will have their last drinks extended by half an hour to 3.30am. Don't know how you get a good record. Bottle shops across New South Wales can also stay open until midnight from Monday to Saturday. Now, the exception is King's Cross, but that will be up for review in 12 months, so don't give up on the cross. So I was in Sydney over the weekend uh, and we, me and my brother went to go see Vampire Weekend at the Enmore Theatre. And Sick flex, bro. Yeah, well, uh, they were good. Very tame mosh pit. <laughs> Surprising as it may seem. But Vampire Weekend a- had a very tame mosh pit. Yeah, that's right. I might have been yeah. the most lively person there. Uh, anyway, so my brother and I get out and we're on King Street and it's like, what? It was like 11 o'clock at night. Mm. Nothing was open. Okay. And it was a Tuesday, but nothing was open. Well, a week <laughs> it later. was pathetic. Like we shut down Liam Gallagher halfway through his final song. That was a- That was bad. But uh, like, at least my brother and I got to finish Vampire Weekend, and uh, like, uh, and at least people in Melbourne got to go and complain at a bar about it yeah. to each other, and then yeah. sing the song anyway. Yeah, uh, me and my brother, nothing. Yeah, no. Look, I understand. Uh, it's terrible. But as we know, Tuesday was a great day for Australia, great day for Sydney, great day for freedom. Was it Tuesday. That's what it said in the report. Oh, right, report yeah. I was like, I thought, when would I see Vampire Weekend? It definitely wasn't Tuesday. Yeah, no, but we're talking about, we've, we've moved on yeah. from you now. No, no, I think we're still on me. Um. Anyway, so what we've been looking for a, a, an occasion. Yeah. On our 100th episode, Janet Albertson, our chairman, brought in gin for us as a present. She did. And now we're going to drink it. Okay, let's And we're not going to drink all of it, settle down, but... Oh. 
I was. We're going to do a toast with the gin. Thank you, Janet. Fantastic stuff. It's called uh, Ink Gin, Dry Gin. You actually got that bottle open on mic, which was fantastic work by you. So that's good stuff. It's it's handcrafted butterfly tea. Speak while you're pouring, because I'm just flash forwarding five seconds in my head. That's another shot. That's a shot. All right, cancel my three o'clock. I don't know. Like, I haven't got a shot glass. So these are just going for those watching. These, these are, going, are double shots right here. The I'm Young sip IPA this. podcast. I'm, I'm opting out of the shot because this is insanity. The Young IPA podcast. Oh, Mug. Punch it. Cheers to right. you, James. Cheers to you, Thanks, Pete. Janet. Thanks, to you, Sydney. Sydney. To freedom. To, you beauty. Yeah. Oh yeah, get that down, yeah. All right, that's good. That's okay. not bad. I normally have gin and tonic, but uh, just gin this time. Yeah, uh, no tonic. Uh, no chaser. Uh, mm. Okay, I'm stuck. Yep, I can do this. All Jeez, right, how many uh, more segments do we have? Oh, <laughs> Why wasn't this a last one? Anyway, uh, I thought this would be a good last one, actually, before I took a shot. Uh, Pete and I, the first podcast back, Pete and I haven't seen each other over the break that much. Not at all. Uh, not Thank at all. God. Yep. Fair few texts, fair <laughs> few memes, but uh, no actual face-to-face. Yeah. So check in with you, Pete. Yeah. What are your new New Year's resolutions and uh, what are your thoughts for the new year? I'm very optimistic about the new year. Yep. It's going to be a Roaring great 20s. year for, for us. Yes, Roaring Twenties, great year for freedom. My particular resolution is to become Insta-famous. Oh, I like it. So, Luca. Your Instagram is very good. Thanks, you want to give it a plug? Uh, that is a really good question. That would it have is, been a really good thing to think of before. Peter J Gregory dot Peter dot J dot Gregory dot seven. Peter dot J, J dot Gregory dot seven. Correct. I might change that because that's hard. But well, don't change it. it just, it's there for now. Hundred percent. Your advertising has been that name. Why would you change it? The other day, I got to one hundred and sixty followers. Hey, there we go. I think that's and more than me. I my aim is to well, my aim is to have like ten million, but yep. my aim is to have five thousand. Mm. Have you considered? Uh, uh, becoming like a fitness model. I don't look. I don't want to steal all the business of all the other fitness models. You know, <laughs> those those hardworking people out there. Yes. But yeah, look. Maybe if, oh, I could post a few. You know, saucy shots if that gets people through the door. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, give me some more gin. We'll see what it, see if we can do it now. <laughs> yeah, this is just for twelve o'clock. Uh, well, my resolution was going to be uh, drink less, and now I'm shotting gin at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. That was your resolution, uh, which is uh, yeah. I'm switching. Switching lanes now. I'm just going to go. I resolve to change absolutely nothing about myself. Okay. But every characteristic, I'm just going to increase by five percent. The good ones or the bad ones or both? Both. <laughs> okay. All three so good more, ones and all the bold. other bad ones. Just more bold. Five percent more bold. It's what the world needed. <laughs> more bold. All right. Uh, that is it for the show. Thanks again to Caroline D. Russo and Luca Rossi. Make sure you're watching What I Wasn't Told on uh, the IPA's YouTube channels, the Generation Liberty YouTube channel. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If it's a new one, we had a whole bunch of new listeners come for the Brendan yes. O'Neill recap the UK election. Uh, sorry, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing. If you're listening to us through Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, make sure you subscribe through there. Make sure you're telling your friends and family if you are listening through Apple Ica- uh, Apple Podcasts. Pissed. Uh, <laughs> that's what Jin does to me. Uh, if you are listening through Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving us that five-star review. Leave a comment for the show as well. Uh, give me a comment on whether or not the stubble works because I hate it, but Pete loves it. Oh, so love it. we are in uh, lo- two, <laughs> two alpha male <laughs> deer just locking in. A couple, of, this couple of alpha bulls just going at it. <laughs> so I'll see who wins. All right, see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you, Saul. Stay up. <laughs> <laughs>